What's up, NBA fans? The regular season is done and done with. The NBA play-in for, I believe this is now the fourth or third year in a row coming that we've had the NBA play-in tournament, um, and it did not disappoint. Um, the Lakers, Timberwolves was a thriller. Toronto, Miami was a thriller. OKC, Pelicans was one as well. Miami and Atlanta also ended up going punch for punch there towards the end of the game. Um, the NBA seedings are on their way to being set. Uh, we got some some exciting first round matchups. I think number one on my list, and I think this is the one most people are excited about. We already saw the the prices on tickets for Game One of Kings versus Warriors. There's a lot of hype there, and for the first time ever, and surprisingly for the first time ever, all NBA California teams have qualified for the NBA playoffs. This this is pretty wild considering that California has had NBA teams for our multiple NBA teams now for, for three decades, like Clippers, Warriors, Kings, Lakers. And it took this long for all for the whole gang to make it to the to the playoffs. But but here we are. We're going to break down all the NBA playoff series uh, and more here on this episode. But Sean, what's your reaction? We're both California guys. For the first time, we may see uh, Kings versus we're going to see Kings versus Warriors. We could see Kings versus Lakers again. Lakers versus Warriors in the playoffs or you know, if things fall in a really crazy way, we could see the Clippers in the conference finals against another California team. Like, what's your reaction to that? I mean, I think it's pretty exciting. It is kind of <laughs> crazy that this is the first year, Alan, where we are seeing all four teams in the playoffs together. So it does mm -hmm. bode well for a California team to make the NBA finals this year, which is exciting no matter which way you cut it. I mean, I'd say I've been the biggest Kings hater this entire season. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be upset to see them somehow make the finals. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. We'll talk about that one in a little bit, but mm -hmm. it, it's really cool. And yeah, just, there's just going to be a lot of teams for us to root for. I mean, I, 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 I don't know about you, Alan, but I like to think that I'm, I don't really care that much about, rooting against other California teams, even though I'm a Clipper fan. I know you're primarily a Laker fan, but like if the Warriors make it to the finals, if the Kings make it to the finals, would you be that upset? No, I, I would back up the, the Cali team, I think, especially because I think whoever comes out of the West is probably going to be an underdog to whoever comes out of the East. I think the East controls most of the talent and most yeah. of the favorism, I think, in terms of who's winning it, if it's the Bucks, 76ers, or Celtics, I think those three are stronger against anybody coming out of the West. So if a Cali team makes it, I'll definitely be rooting for them. But it is kind of crazy to think whether it's Kings, uh, Lakers, or Warriors, either of those three um, could potentially have a path to the conference finals where they don't even leave the state <laughs> um, unless Memphis beats the Lakers. But it is very that possible is crazy. that that could happen. Yeah, yeah. you never have to leave the state to just get through the finals. That is pretty wild. Yeah, just freeway mm -hmm. series the whole way. Yeah, just jumping on the 5 well, I guess, or the 80. I mean, if you're in Sacramento, you'd probably fly to LA still. That's, yeah, you fly. Yeah, you fly. Yeah. yeah, that's still a super long drive. Yeah, you're not, do you're not doing the drive on the no. 5 for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But the play-in tournament was also something interesting i think i my first reaction to it to the playing games that we saw was this is as close as the nba is going to get to some of those final minutes and seconds that makes march madness 
a bit special in some people's eyes and in other people's eyes, very frustrating and very <laughs> head scratching for me. I'm not a huge college basketball follower. I don't have a program that I love and, and root for. I kind of just watch it just for the basketball spectacle. So I find myself a lot of times watching these games being like, Oh, just being just like expecting anything, anything to happen best or worst. And I feel like you don't really get that in the NBA where it's like if a team is up five with a minute to go, they're probably going to win the game. <laughs> uh, and in March Madness, you get these head scratchers where people turn the ball over, people lose the ball, people take ill consistent, sh- Ill, just ill advised shots. And the play in tournament is the closest that the NBA gets to putting games like actual consequential games like that. And no game was more reflective of that than this Laker Minnesota game with <laughs> seemingly the Lakers locking it away with Dennis Schroeder with knocking down that three in the corner and then AD uh, fouling Mike Conley, just a real oh, head man. scratcher. And then in <laughs> overtime, just a few turnovers. I mean, even in the fourth quarter, there was a pass. I don't, I think Terry and Prince was trying to throw it to Anthony Edwards and it just went way out into the stands. Crucial play. Um, it's just insane. The type of things that were happening in this game, but nonetheless, the Lakers came through with a win, but that's my reaction. A long-winded one yeah. <laughs> in tournament tied back to this Laker game. I don't know what you think, Sean. Do you agree or, oh, or what, what, what's think, your, been your takeaway? I think that that March Madness comparison is perfect, honestly, because this <laughs> honestly felt like a March Madness game the way it was going. I think I remember a sequence of multiple turnovers on both ends. I think there was a moving mm-hmm. screen on, on someone on the Wolves. And then the Lakers had a chance to seal it. And then Rui Hachimuri gets a a moving screen, trying to get LeBron Mm -hmm. some space. And then there was that play where, uh, was it Torian Prince, like, stripped the ball or Nazareed? One of the two stripped the ball from LeBron on the inbounds. And LeBron dived for the ball and fouled him. Oh, Torian Prince. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, man, the Lakers just gave them every single opportunity to get into this game a game that they honestly shouldn't have won because minnesota was crushing them the entire game like i'm sure it was super painful for you to watch just down double digits most of the first half even going into the third quarter and then and then they just turn it on and and end up winning the game and ends up being a classic and that's i mean i think that's what basketball fans want i think that's like why they make the play in tournament a thing is because this is the type of basketball you get it's crazy it's chaotic at the end of the day the fans love it and there's just so much to talk about yeah two things is yes one the lakers just consistently allowed the timberwolves to hang around and maybe that's a bad sign for the team that i mean for one if you take i guess like the the more negative view is that's the team the Lakers have kind of been all year. (laughs) It's like, they just are not, they're good, but they're not great. They're just middle of the pack and they can't close. They have, they have trouble closing out games and putting teams that they should be putting away, putting them away. So in a way they're doing what they, they have been doing all year. But then on the other side, you're hoping they're making an improvement to truly make a run and maybe upset Memphis. So in that way, it's not, it's not a great it's not a great sign that the Lakers allow the Timberwolves to really hang in there, especially on a night where Anthony Edwards just shot oh, terribly so from the field. Three for 17. <laughs> I mean, he was great on defense. Yeah. On on LeBron James, on Austin Reeves, on D'Angelo. He basically, I mean, the Timberwolves basically put D'Angelo Russell away. Mm-hmm. They made him go home and take the ball <laughs> with him <laughs> in this game. 
But I mean, offensively, you thought Anthony Edwards was really going to come through and put, put, put him away or like help them come through, have a heroic performance, but three for 17, uh, Timberwolves lead most of this game, not a good sign for the Lakers, but I guess at this point, you kind of just have to put it away, uh, and just accept what you got. You got a W and you, you managed to still be able to win this game, even without having D'Angelo Russell out there on the floor or Malik Beasley, you had some of, you really had some unsound heroes in Dennis Schroeder and Rui Hashimara giving you some, some really clutch rebounds there in <laughs> overtime. Yeah. And, and obviously the big storyline going into this game was Gobert getting suspended for that mm-hmm. punch on Kyle Anderson, on his t- own teammate, Kyle Anderson in the final regular season game, the wolves make the decision, which, you know, Maybe they felt like they didn't have a choice. They had to uphold, you know, you punch, you punch anybody, you get a game suspended. I guess just really bad timing on Gobert's part, or there has to be the playing mm-hmm. game. Do you feel like that really altered the game? Like, do you think that he would have helped them? Or do you feel like there's a chance that this team is better without him? No, I think this game actually reflected why the Timberwolves went after a guy like Gobert. And the big point you have to look at is that fourth quarter with Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. You he comes out of the gates and he comes out of the gates hot. He's a big reason why they went up yeah. big. I mean dude was knocking them down in the, post, in the first knocking them down from three. Yeah. Oh yeah. He the, he was pulling Anthony he did exactly what the Timberwolves wanted, which is Carl Anthony Towns knocks down a free a few outside shots forces AD out of the paint and AD is just not as effective on defense. If he's not in there and you just get, you get guys like Kyle Anderson, Tarian Prince, Mike Conley being able to drive and hit, hit easy buckets. And all of a sudden you got a Timberwolves team with confidence and they rode that for three quarters. Then you get into the late into the third and you get into the fourth quarter and guess who has to go to the bench due to Mm -hmm. foul trouble. It's Carl (laughs) Anthony Towns. This is why you could win and got go bear because Carl Anthony Towns, he just cannot stay out of foul trouble in these big key games. I don't blame him. He's doing so much on the offensive end. Yeah. And he's just has never been a defensive, a defensive guy. So he's got to guard a big boy like Anthony Davis, <laughs> a skilled, a skilled player like LeBron. It's just he's got no shot. Like yeah. and the Timberwolves can't don't have any shot either when he's on the bench. So the Will Gobert had changed this game. I think so. I, I really do think, and I think that that is the reason why they went and gone. Did they overpay? Maybe, yes. <laughs> but, but, but this, they probably did. But I do think like having that other defensive body does help for that specific reason. And I think the Timberwolves saw that last year because the same issue occurred in their playing series as well last year. Yeah, no, very true. And speaking on the defensive end too, the defensive specialist, Jaden McDaniels, yeah, breaking his hand McDaniels also. on his own accord, breaking his mm-hmm. hand, punching a wall. Also in that final yeah. regular season game, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, imagine if this was the Lakers. Imagine if the Lakers had Anthony Davis punch like Dennis Schroeder <laughs> in the final regular season yeah. game, and then like. Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt punches a wall and breaks their hand. Like, can you imagine the media circus around that? Like, it's lucky yeah. this is the Timberwolves, or else this would have get gotten national news. But yeah, oh I, my God. I always love to play that game of like 
what would what would the story be like if the Lakers <laughs> right. did this? And it's because <laughs> it seems like no one's talking about him right. anymore. He did it. He was a story for one 24 hours, and now no one's talking. Yeah, and about it's like, it. dude, this guy, like, he could have made a big difference in this game too. Like, this is a game that went to overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, Jaden McDaniels could have been the difference to get this Timberwolves at seven seed. Both of them are got not there, and the Lakers just barely survive. And yeah, here we are facing. The OKC Thunder in this last play in yep. tournament game tomorrow. And honestly, man, OKC looks better than they do at this point. Yeah, I mean, go getting Gobert back will, will be helpful. I mean, at the same time, this team's still trying to figure it out, but I do think it'll help. Uh, I mean, lo- losing, lo- I mean, just losing that piece is just also pretty big. I mean, in this series, you had to play Jordan. Mc, McLaughlin. How do you pronounce his name? McLaughlin. Yeah. Ten minutes, and there was a couple sequences there where LeBron made him look like a little boy, <laughs> uh, just scoring on him. The kill Alexander Walker, twenty three yeah. minutes. Uh, Jordan Noel, thirteen minutes. Like these are all minutes that shouldn't be going no. that many to the to these guys, especially in a game this important. You want to tighten that rotation up. Right. So, uh, it, it, it's 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 definitely a punch in the gut for the Timberwolves because they probably felt like they could have won it, but. I would still pat pat myself on the back if I'm them. They put up a fight. I think Anthony Edwards just shoots a few percentage points better. Yep. Uh, you get Rudy, Rudy Gobert to give you a few minutes, you know, give you a solid 25 minutes on the court so that Carl Anthony Towns can stay out of foul trouble. And you could, you could, you could have beaten the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think you probably could have beaten the Lakers. Oh, for sure. As much as a Laker fan as I am, and I hate to say that, but you probably could have beaten them. Um, and then OKC is going to be a battle. So. Um, I think they they're still the better team, but yeah, OKC's pretty hungry. I mean, they they were pretty well composed in that Pelicans game. Yeah, yeah. Maybe let's just jump to the the OKC game then. Uh, over to that nine ten yeah. game. Surprisingly, OKC edges out the Pelicans, which is wild yep. because when you just look at the teams on paper, you're like, oh, the Pelicans got this, man, right? Like they mm-hmm. have all of the star power, right? They got Brandon Ingram, they got CJ McCollum, they got Jonas Valanciunas. Sure, OKC has Shea Gilgis Alexander, but that's it, right? Well, yep. it turns out Josh Giddy is pretty good at basketball too, <laughs> and Lou Dort came to play, man. Holy crap! Yeah, it, it, this back to playoff Lou Dort. I mean, I totally forgot that he was in that playoff series against the Houston Rockets back when Chris Paul was leading the team. And he was locking down James Harden. This was the beginning of Lou Dort. And here he is back in a postseason environment. And he's he's thriving. Yeah, I just these playing these playing games have been playing out so interesting. Sort of the same kind of the same dynamic as the Laker Timberwolves, where like one team comes out just on fire. They're holding control of the game. And then for whatever reason, at some point early in the fourth the tide just starts to turn and then the team just like just gives up the lead and they just had no sense of coming back. And that, that was the same thing that played out in this game. I feel like the OKC was, they were close, but they never were really in control of the game. And then at the end, they just turned it on. Josh Giddy made a few good plays. I mean, Lou Dort kept them close the entire yeah. time. And then it was like SGA time, made a couple key drives to the hoop, just made some, just in, just really in, just superstar like <laughs> plays right there at the rim. I I was like really impressed with what, oh, I, what I saw from SGA. I, <laughs> uh, I miss, superstar in the making. I miss this guy so much, man. 
It, every yeah. every game I watch this guy play, it, it makes me regret the Paul George trade even more. Mm-hmm. It's just this guy is is something special, and he doesn't get the media attention because he's on OKC. But this dude is the real thing. Like he yeah. is, he was the best player in that second half. I mean, he he looked like he had some jitters maybe in that first half. They were holding him pretty good. But then, like a star, he just got through the tough part of the game, and he just came out in the second half and balled out. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And you know, shout out to the to the guards also on the OKC. Like they held down CJ McCollum five for fifteen, Troy Murphy the third six for sixteen. Dude was on fire, and then in the fourth quarter was just not able to knock sh- shots down. Brandon Ingram too missed a few. Easy ones. He did hit that big three oh, yeah. to bring it a lot closer. <laughs> yeah. And then just the turnover on the other mm-hmm. end for the Pelicans. Well, with CJ McCollum just not able to catch the ball there. Just a couple of head-scratching mistakes here that could have helped the Pelicans close this game out for themselves. But, I mean, OKC was just getting stops when they needed and getting buckets from SGA right when they, they needed it as well. Yeah. So... I, I was very, I was really impressed by the by what by the composer OKC mm-hmm. showed. And then, yeah, on the other end, a super disappointing end for the Pelicans, a Pelicans mm-hmm. team that at one point in this season was the number one seed in the West. Yep, I forgot about that. Wow, right? I yeah. completely forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, because <laughs> they held it for for, for a few, almost a yeah, month for as a well. Few weeks at least. Zion was healthy. The whole team looked strong. Everyone was playing well together. I, actually, Ingram wasn't there. It was just Zion that was there and instead of Ingram. Yep. But, I mean, they looked so good. Zion gets hurt, as he does. Everything just goes to crap. And it's really sad for Ingram, too, because he was on a roll. He was looking like he was playoff ready coming, in, coming mm-hmm. into the end of the season here, averaging 27-7-7 since the beginning of March. So he's he was looking great. He was looking like a star. But man, the Pelicans had a chance at the five seed potentially in that last game of the regular season. If like the Clippers lost and they won their game against the Wolves and maybe a few other factors come into play there, too. But that's crazy that they go from maybe getting the five seed on the final day of the regular season to then being in the nine seed and having to play two games to win and then just being out of it outright. Yeah. It's. I'm sure they would love to go back to late November. I think that was when they had that number one seed for a bit yeah. there, and the Lakers were looking horrendous. <laughs> uh, like still less than five yep. wins. I don't know. Maybe I think they had less than ten wins. Uh, probably still yeah. At that point, where it looked like the Pelicans might walk out of this season with home court advantage in the playoffs and also a Laker lottery yeah. pick. <laughs> it was looking like that. Yeah, we were talking about that. That yeah. was crazy. I was like, wow, this like the Pelicans are feeling so good right now. Yeah. Uh, and and they have and they had a top 5 player, a guy who looked like he, he was going to maybe finish 5th or 6th in terms of player rankings, yep. maybe MVP voting, but I mean, just just a long year, things turn around, the Lakers completely turned their situation around and I mean, their pa- Pelicans are packing their bags, but I mean, I think there's still something here. I like, I still like what they have here with Herbert Jones, Ingram. I think CJ McCollum is still a solid vet. I just don't, I just think he's just going to be more successful as the third, as their third star, not as your first or oh, second yeah, option. For sure. um, Troy Murphy put, put down a lot of good, yeah. good things throughout the Herbert year. Jones, I mean, they he had a good game. Herbert yeah. Jones. 
I mean, you still have JV, still got the old man in the center. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy's always a beast on the board. So I still like the core that they're rolling with. So Zion hopefully can get healthy <sighs> over the summer. And I don't know. I'm not sure what other adjustments you really have to make with this team. Um, maybe you can get another vet potentially, but I think their core is good and you just got to cross your fingers that I think Zion stays well, here's the here. thing. I mean, how much do you consider trading him? I'm still not ready to have that conversation if I'm the Pelicans. I mean, I'm still holding on. I feel like I, I've said this before, but I, there is a chance that Zion never plays more than 20 games in a season ever again. And he just retires early because his body can't handle it. Like, it's just, I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel for this guy. Like, he's not getting any leaner. He's not getting mm-hmm. better. He's still injured. He's still injured. We thought this was going to be like yeah. a three-week injury. It turned into a five-month injury. Maybe longer. I just, it's, I just don't see how it's possible. I just don't think you can, you walk away. I mean, it was only two years ago, 2020, where he did manage to play the 61 games. Uh, 27 points, seven rebounds. Yeah, yeah. 22 years old. It's hard. You can't walk away think, from that. Uh, Even the 29 games he gave you this year, 26 points a game. Oh man, 30, 37% free throw, three point shooting, I 60% know. from the field. I know. Just dominating I know. Little boys. I, I just, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just so unreliable. And and also you have to look at what's out in, out there in the market. Like KD's found a new home. He's not up for. He's not up to be traded for. I don't know. Maybe Trey Young, Siakam are in the market. Mm. Bradley Beal. Those guys are not worth it for the Pelicans. Man. Not in my eyes. You you gotta keep you keep Zion. I, Unless Luca Luca comes available or Giannis. <laughs> like that's who you that's who you're waiting for. Yeah. That's just so it's just so rough, man. Like the Pelicans could end up just it could be like a Greg Oden thing, man. Like, what's more likely? I don't know. I, I think the Greg Oden path is way more likely at this point. Ooh, I don't know. There's still there's there's still life in this kid. I, th- I I'm not ready to <sighs> throw the towel in. Um, but the other two series out east, you got the Hawks stunning the world and beating the Heat the for the Eastern Conference seven seed. Um, for the record, I've never been a Miami Heat believer. <laughs> um, I I never thought the team was really that good. I didn't see it. I felt like what we saw through sixty games is who the Miami Heat were. Mm. They didn't make any big trade moves. They got Kevin Love. Big deal. Yeah, no bigger deal. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think, I think the season told for some reason, pe- people forget that like 60 games, 70 games is a pretty decent size sample size to tell you <laughs> what a team is. Unless there's a big trade that happens or a big return from injury yeah. or whatnot. Miami never really had that. I think I was never a believer. I didn't think they had something to turn on. Like I'm not, I'm frankly, I'm not surprised that they lost. Well, I mean, they always had trouble fa- Figuring out who their bench guys were going to be. Uh, Kyle Lowry was never really that good. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we've seen this exact team do so much better than this. Isn't that, is that not count for anything? No, I, th- I think that, that, that just means they fooled what? you. For an the entire Miami season, they were the, weren't they the number one seed in the East last year? They were, yeah. They How, almost, that's not fooling me. Only that's, a, that's actually being good. 
Well, yes, but the thing is, like, you can let yourself think that <laughs> through the first few weeks of the NBA season, but then at, at a certain point, there's enough games that have been played where you're like, okay, it is the same exact same players, same jersey, same city, right. same coffee they're drinking every morning, <laughs> but they're not playing good, but and there's now been... That's the thing, is, like, you know that they can. Now there's been 60 games that have told me. You know that they can. I don't You've think seen they them can. do it. You've seen this, these exact guys do it before. So what? what is stopping think- them? For, like, there has to be some reason why they suck so much this year. I don't know what it is. I haven't seen enough Miami Heat games, but I know I've... I haven't seen a lot of Miami Heat games, but I've seen enough and I've seen enough <laughs> box scores, 82 of them, to know that this team is and has always been this year what they got, what they just were, which is a seven seed who had a chance to lose to an eight seed team if if the stars aligned, not if the stars aligned, but just if they didn't make good basketball plays at the but end there. Then and the crazy Atlanta part of this, advantage. though, too, is that the Hawks have struggled against the Heat in like every mm-hmm. prior matchup. Trey Young has never looked good against the Heat until yesterday's game. Yeah. That's the baffling part for I me. Know. Like I yeah, maybe the maybe Quinn Snyder is the difference there. That could be like he could have figured Snyder. out something specifically against the Heat. I was shocked, man. I I got to, I <laughs> I thought this was a gimme for the Heat. I thought the Hawks just looked so average. I thought the Heat had that extra gear clearly i was wrong because we get the result we get i mean the hawks just look so much hungrier than they did i mean Mm -hmm. the offensive rebounding numbers are absurd i don't have the exact offensive rebound numbers 22 to 22 to 6 and out rebounded Mm -hmm. 63 to 39 overall and god clint capella man what a game for him 21 rebounds absolutely insane yeah i mean clint capella has always been a monster there and take a look at this and this is again i'm talking about getting fooled is like <laughs> the miami here are third to last in rebounds <laughs> they they're the, the the second worst defensive rebounding team 20th in offensive rebounds wow. so i'll give them that the the reason they lost this game is the same reason they they haven't been that great this whole year their bench scoring sucks they can't rebound <laughs> the ball they're not they're not that great at stopping teams, not like they were a few years ago. And their offense, 25th out of 30, offensive rating, 25th in in the NBA. And, and again, I mean, this wasn't a, a terrible shooting night for them, 42 and 32. They started off pretty good, but again, they just had trouble finding finding more buckets from any other guys outside of Jimmy Butler and Tyler and Tyler Harrow. Yeah. And Atlanta just has more weapons and the second chance opportunities is, is huge, especially when it's the differential is that much, 22 to 9. Yeah. Hey, hey, shout out to Kyle Lowry, though. He was the one guy on the Heat yeah. that was actually making buckets. 33 points yeah. for Kyle Lowry on 11 yep. to 16 11 shooting. 16. Yeah. Like he was shooting better than Jimmy Butler and Tyler Harrow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but you're yeah. right. They just didn't have anybody else come through for them. And on the other side, the Hawks bench. What the heck? Like, where has this been all season? <laughs> this is absurd. Okongwu looked yeah. unstoppable. Yeah, Okan- four blocks I like for Okongwu. You got Bogdanovich looking like the guy that they actually finally signed last year. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Jay- the rookie Jalen Johnson, getting minutes, which I did yeah. not see that coming at all. And he he played super well in his limited time. 
Yeah, I hadn't seen this guy almost all year, I feel. Not on any NBA League Pass game I've seen. I thought AJ Griffin was like their other go-to forward. Yeah. Um, but apparently Johnson came through here. Uh, Sadiq Bay, though, Sadiq is another name Bay. we have to we we have to call out. <laughs> he made some big plays out in the third quarter there for for the Hawks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like what I saw from Okongwu. Like this guy had the best game of his of the entire season. <laughs> oh man, he this, was a defensive so, menace out there. Yeah, twenty minutes for him, but twenty big crucial minutes in protecting the paint to to give Capella some rest because. Capella's just not quite the guy he used no, to be. Yeah. He, he, he missed a lot of games this year. He looks a little slower, but when he's on, he's on. And if you can give him some rest with a guy like Okongu, oh, like, yeah. that's a pretty that's a pretty that's a pretty beastly one two center rotation you yeah, have. Yeah, no, that's actually yeah, like that's their ideal situation is they just have these guys basically split minutes and it's like you're not really missing anything when either of them's off the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I mean Miami Heat on the other end, it's like you protected the ball, only eight turnovers to to the Hawks uh twelve. And you I mean you didn't really foul quite quite as much, but uh, the rebound mm. battle is just insane. Yeah. 39 for Miami Heat and total rebounds for the Hawks is 63. Yeah. <laughs> 63 rebounds to 39. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's tough to win a game like tough, tough to win a game when the other team is getting so many second chance opportunities. Mm-hmm like that um yeah i don't know maybe i don't want to sound like a snob but i was not surprised yeah. to see the hawks lose this one or yeah the heat <laughs> i yeah. mean the Miami yeah heat. I, I i i guess i was just i hadn't watched enough heat games myself this year i didn't realize just how much worse they all got at basketball <laughs> you know it's just yeah, yeah man it's it's crazy but yeah at this point i think the bulls could take them <laughs> i think so i think the spirit is broken um even with all the even with that like no no desperation showing up from duncan robinson or udonis haslam i thought eric spolster was was just start throwing bodies out there to see who can knock a shot down (laughs) but nothing showing up there Mm -hmm. uh i don't know i mean miami heat they i mean both them and the chicago bulls are two teams that have a pretty fat uh filled roster and they're they both just got to find some success from from this year because they both came in here with with big expectations. So I feel like they're both going to come out of the gates pretty hungry for it. And uh, they may they may that may be the last time we see that iteration of the of the losing team mm-hmm. uh, for this year, because I think Miami Heat or the Chicago Bulls are probably going to go into the summer making some big moves. Yeah. Uh, to revamp their roster. I mean, I just. You can't keep rolling with these guys. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're both... They're, I mean, they got a lot of guys on big contracts. You don't even make the playoffs. You, you have to do something. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just hope that it gets better next year. Yeah, and I don't know how you can move Duncan Robinson's contract, but I guess oh, you got to figure yeah, something dude, out. Yeah, dude, there's no way they're getting rid of that. They're just, they're just yeah, going to have to ride only, that one out. Yeah, the only things I see you wanting to keep is just Butler and Bam Adebayo. Uh, everything else seems pretty or oh, and tyler harrow Bam butler and tyler harrow yeah everything that's the else thing though you're also stuck with lowry you're stuck with an old lowry too <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> they thought I, they had a championship team yeah i'm so i remember like when lowry was on the market i was really advocating for the lakers to make that trade for him because i didn't mm. feel like they were going to be able to salvage their way into a better point right. guard but wow am i glad they did it all worked out in the end <laughs> That would have been a bad contract for the Lakers to be locked into right yeah. now. 
yeah, you never know. Palinka could have moved some some pieces around like he did with Russell. I'd rather I'd take D'Angelo Russell over Kyle Lowry. Oh any yeah, day, at least right currently. now, definitely. Mm-hmm. Chicago Bulls taking out the Raptors. Raptors go eighteen for thirty six from the free throw line and a four point loss, including. See Siaka missing a clutch free throw there when he gets fouled on a three-point attempt. Man, the Toronto Raptors are another team where it's like, why am I surprised that, that they lost this game? Like <laughs> they played exactly like the team yeah. they have mm-hmm. been playing as the last 82 games. Yep. <laughs> like where you want to believe in them, they look like they have good names on the roster. They're def- you know, each every player is long and a defensive specialist that can guard anybody, but God, they just have such a hard <laughs> time making shots and their pieces just do not fit very well. Uh, Scotty Barnes at times looks like a superstar in the making. And other times he looks like he needs to just get pulled from the game. And <laughs> like, he just throws some blunders out there. Man, um, lest we forget that the Raptors were not willing to part with him in a Kevin Durant trade. Yeah, I mean, I still believe in the guy, but I just I do think he I'm not sure she should he should have been given the key uh, the key so early at times or maybe just the need of of some better coaching. But yeah, there there's been some 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 moments in some games where it's just like, really, that's the shot you take or, you know, like, how did well, he's young still. He's still super young. He's the Uh second year in the league. So you expect him to make mistakes like that. But Man, you just look back on it now and you're like, we could have had Kevin Durant and we would have been elite this year. And we yeah. chose not to because we weren't willing to give up Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi. Yeah, I think the OG thing, it's like, I don't know how you can get yourself to commit more money to your roster and OG if this is the result you're going to get. Like, yeah, if I'm Toronto, I'd probably explore a sign-in trade and try to figure what you're going to do with this roster. Maybe you commit fully. I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit earlier in the year. It's like you got to just commit to one to one path, and maybe the best path is Scotty Barnes is your guy. So just commit and put better pieces around him. Trade Siakam and OG and, and mm-hmm. just get yourself on the Scotty Barnes timeline. Dude, I was advocating for this at the Fred trade deadline, man. This is exactly what I yeah. said. I was like, dude, they got to blow it all up. Trade Siakam. Yeah. Trade him. Get him out of there. <laughs> yeah. Send him to Dallas. Send him to Atlanta. Yep. Put this guy in a better place. Mm-hmm. I think Siakam could still be successful on another team, but I don't think this is the spot. And yeah. uh, what a terrible loss. 50% from the free throw line, 35 from three, 43 from the field, uh, 14 turnovers, and Chicago Bulls to 10 turnovers. And I mean, Chicago shot pretty bad from three, 26%, <laughs> but. They just knocked down their free throws, 18 for 22, and knocked down their shots with at 42 for 86. And Zach Levine had one of the best games also of the year, 39 points, six rebounds, four turnovers, like 12 for 22, just put the team on his back and uh, and brought the team back and, and helped them get this win. Well, that's the thing. I have to ask you this. As an honest fan of the game, did DeMar DeRozan's daughter win the game for the Bulls? <laughs> no no i mean i think it was an adorable story you line. don't think that she had any effect her shrieking had no effect on this free throw percentage you're telling i'll give you her- think that the raptors would have shot 50 percent i don't even know what the raptors free throw percent shooting is for this team but it's i'll still than 50%. say it's marginal 
50%? That's true. Siakam, 77% free throw shooter this year. That's that's actually pretty good. Uh, as a team, Toronto, what, what do they shoot? What were they shooting this year? 78%. <laughs> oh, yeah. Significantly 50%. larger than 50%. I don't care. Like, I the mean, worst it, in the league shoots like 60%. 50%? Yeah. For the whole team? That's a... On that many attempts? <laughs> and you're telling me that his daughter shrieking had no effect. Maybe. I, I, I don't know, man. I think it... Yeah. I don't know. They're playing in Toronto, too. This yeah. No, he, no. DeMar, uh, his, his daughter begged him to come to the game because uh, they used to live in Toronto, obviously. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, no, you gotta go to school. <laughs> and she's like, no, yeah. I really want to go to the game. And he's like, okay, fine. You can miss one day of school. And so she came to the game and won them the game. I mean, if, if she can keep doing that, then maybe we're going to see the biggest, the biggest Cinderella <laughs> run we've ever seen, where we see a nine seed, 10 seed Bulls uh, come through and make it all the way to the conference finals because every team shoots 50% from the <laughs> yeah. line. Well, that's uh, a game that's changer. A, that's if the you thing, can though, that. is that uh, against the, who are they playing against? Uh, the Heat on Friday. Mm-hmm. He's not letting her miss school again. So they're done. They're yeah. already done for. <laughs> well, you already know what to blame it on if they yep. lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm excited for that, for the, for these next playing games. I'm excited to watch the games, but frankly, I'm not sure the results are going to make yeah. any difference against once yeah. we actually get to the playoffs. They probably won't, but just for fun, who do you think is going to win tomorrow? Are you taking the Wolves or OKC or are you, and are you taking um Oh, I like I like yeah. OKC, but the weapons, I don't I think Anthony Edwards comes out hot against OKC. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns does what he does, but I think he stays out of foul trouble with now now having a Gobert you can slide in there. So I'm taking the Timberwolves. I think it's too many big bodies for OKC. OKC is still a college team. I think their <laughs> average age is still like twenty two. Yeah, second youngest team in the league to the Rockets, but yeah shea shea is the truth man like shea is the best he's gonna be the best player on the court that night but yeah Mm -hmm. i do think ant roll research i think cat is gonna have a huge night because we we even saw against the pelicans like jonas valanciunas had a huge game so okc doesn't really have a big man to match up no so yeah unfortunately end of the road yeah, and Miami, Chicago. I yeah. don't even care about that game. I thought I might not even tune in. No, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Chicago. Wow. I'm gonna take Chicago. Yeah, you're just riding I'm that heat stick. hate train all the way to the station. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm a, I'm 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 watch. I'm packing the oh, bags. Man. I'm taking them to the station. I'm saying goodbye to them, and I'm not leaving the station until I've seen them get on the train and I've seen the train leave. Oh, who's gonna <laughs> save the day? Alex Caruso. He gonna lock down Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah, I mean, give it to Caruso as long as he doesn't foul someone at the end there. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, you still got DeRozan or Levine who can go off. I think, I mean, I also think Miami Heat is so, is going to be so beat up spiritually. Like, <laughs> I think a few guys are going to go big in the se- in the third, in the second half against this Miami yeah. Heat team. That's my prediction. Okay. This is also a fun matchup in a way. And if you're like a more hardcore NBA fan, I guess, if you remember Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, you know, best buds on the Raptors. All right, going against each other yeah. now—that's pretty cool. Yep, you do have that. 
I don't think Kyle Lowry goes for 30 points against Alex Caruso. <laughs> yeah, probably though, not. And Patrick Williams and Zach Levine. Yeah, much more likely DeRozan puts up 30 himself. So I, I'm going to give it to the Bulls, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think you got you got play in Pat Bev on that side, too. Yeah. No one's better at the play right. than Pat Bev. <laughs> yeah, that dude wants that oh, win. Oh, yeah. Uh, he loves it. He loves it. He's the play in MVP. Um, but anyways, those matchups at the end, I don't really, I'm excited for those games specifically, but I'm not super, I don't yeah. think they're going to be very consequential. Be and why really is fun be, to watch. Yeah. Why? Because jumping into the, our first round matchup previews, Nuggets versus Wolves or OKC. I don't think it matters <laughs> who comes out of that because I think it's going to be a sweep. I think the Nuggets are too good. They got Jokic who will probably finish second or third in MVP voting. I'm my third. guess is he's gonna finish close. Yeah, gonna finish close. He's probably gonna finish second. <laughs> yeah, my my really my real good inclination is that he'll actually finish second. Yeah. Uh, I think Embiid probably has that MVP mm-hmm. locked in. But outside of that, I think the Nuggets are too strong, and I think they're only just getting better. Um, I mean Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's just kind of like not been talked no. about very much, but the dude low key has had a really strong. Um, second half of the second half of the year to pull pull his averages i think he's going to end up finishing um like 27 points over the last the last month and a half i believe that's actually i did not uh, know that to, that's pretty crazy yeah i may need to double check that number really quick but still the point is like i think this 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 denver team is good and uh, i don't think any of the weapons that okc or the timberwolves have are really going to knock them out fifth yeah. best offense in the league uh 15th in defensive rating yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm not really seeing. I guess if there's an X factor here is Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards potentially. I mean, go Rudy Gobert against Jokic is, game or two. I think Jokic versus Gobert would be the interesting thing out of all that. Yep. I, I think Jokic would make him look silly, but it, it would yeah. be fun to watch. But I mean, I guess as far as like maybe reaching a bit to find a narrative here, the Nuggets did look pretty weak going into the final stretch of the season when Embiid kind of took over that first place MVP um, odds from mm. Jokic going into that last few weeks of the season, the Nuggets just didn't look very good. And they, they threw a lot of games, honestly. So do you feel like there's a rhythm there that they need to get on before we can call this a sweep? Or do you feel like it's, it doesn't really matter? And it doesn't yeah like the regular season didn't really mean anything towards like how they're actually going to play in the playoffs i don't think it really means much i think it's just a blimp and um i think this team is just a little just too good i don't know i'm not i'm not that worried about it i think denver won't allow it to be a one-on-one game where it's go bear versus yo kick or uh carl anthony towns versus yo kick or jamal murray versus and like there's just too many Denver just has too many weapons. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to find a narrative <laughs> here to, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, totally. I think Denver is just going to take yeah. this. Uh, I feel like the nuggets, I don't know, like despite all their weapons and despite everything, like they just don't seem that dominant to me. I don't know what it is. And so I'm, I'm going to say it'll, it'll be five games. I don't think they have, they're going to mm. be able to sweep. I, I think the wolves, We'll get through and they'll have enough tenacity to 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 eke out a win or two. Yeah. Um I think 
Timberwolves maybe on the off chance can win one game, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm going to sweep. I'm going sweep Nuggets. Nuggets. Okay. Nuggets four right. zero. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, I was trying to double check the Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray's uh, final few games, but uh, he did have a game where he played only two minutes <laughs> and he scored two points. Uh, well, you, you can't. Yeah, you can't game, include that one. <laughs> <laughs> if you omit that game in the March. In the month of March, Jamal Murray has gone off pretty, has has held pretty steady with some 25 points, 26 mm. to average 25 points a game heading into that stretch, really which good. is his most, his, his most prominent stretch throughout this whole year. So the dude is looking better, so, which I think it will be a big X factor for the Denver Nuggets heading into heading into this playoff I, I would love to see a resurgence of, of bubble Murray. That would be the X factor for them to get to the title. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next series, I think Memphis versus Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think there's more, more of a narrative and more oh, things yeah. to deep dive in here. I'm excited so, for this series, man. I am really excited for this series. It's going to be a lot better yeah. than I think a lot of people. Well, I think a lot of people will actually favor the Lakers in this series, and I am one of them. Mm. Yeah, and I hope it lives up to the hype, and I hope we get a better Laker team than what we saw come out against the Timberwolves, but... The big two things to note to note here is the season series is two one favoring the Lakers uh, with Anthony Davis just going big in the last game uh, against against the Timberwolves 20, 30 points and twenty two boards and the other things to keep in mind is Memphis will be without Stephen Adams as well as Brandon Clark Brandon Clark who was like probably in the running for six man of the year if it wasn't for that injury he was a key, huge piece for them coming off the bench and then Stephen Adams just always being another uh, defensive anchor and a chess piece for them to throw out there, especially against someone like Anthony Davis. So now Memphis is going to have to deal with Anthony Davis with Xavier Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr., who very similarly to Car Anthony Towns is a guy that is really impactful for their team. But just if they can just stay out of foul trouble, the fouls are just such an X factor. And when he's just on the bench, uh, Memphis is just like a completely different team on the defensive end and, with a big body like Anthony Davis, like that's going to spell a lot of trouble for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see Jaron Jackson getting into foul trouble in almost every game this series, especially with the mm-hmm. way AD has been playing in this final stretch of the season. This is the most physical I've seen AD play since the bubble. Like he yep. he is getting his own, and it is really awesome to see. I mean, this is the Anthony Davis you traded for all those years ago, and he's really showing what his value is for this team and. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the 30 points, 22 rebounds in, in their final game. Um, even the game before that, I think a week or so before that, he had 28 points, 19 rebounds, and five blocks. Um, they lost mm-hmm. that game, but it was without LeBron and re- without D'Angelo Russell. And so you add those guys in. I, I just feel like the Lakers have a really good shot to win this thing. I mean, you, obviously you have John Morant on the other side. We haven't really mentioned him yet. And he he's yeah. going to be firing on all cylinders and... Yeah, Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell are going to have their hands full trying to keep him at bay. But I feel like even even if Jaw gets, you know, his 30-point triple-double, you know, something along those lines, I I just think the size of the Lakers, like LeBron and AD, is just going to be too much for them to handle. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's tough to see who the Lakers can throw in front of him. But it also may not really matter no. because Jaw may go out there and just do his thing. But as long as the Lakers can contain Desmond Bain, get Jaron, 
you know, attack Jaron Jackson, get him onto the bench, or just keep him off the three-point line. You keep these other pieces away. Tyus Jones, um, Dylan Brooks is always just going to throw a brick, <laughs> a brick fest out yep. there. So you don't have to worry about him. But it's really like the yeah. Desmond Baines, the Tyus Jones, and the Jaron Jackson Jr. is that you have to worry about because this Memphis team is not that great offensively. They're really their their elite. Their the biggest thing they hang their head on is is def- I was on the defensive end. But without those two big boys, they're already up there. They got some kink in their armor. So just hold them off offensively. Offensively, let Jaw do his thing. Um, because he's a small body, you gotta help. You gotta figure out as throughout the series, he's not gonna be able to handle the the bruising that he can take that he might get from Anthony Davis. You're getting more Bamba back. That'll be another body you can throw out there. Um, you know Jared Vanderbilt's always willing to put his yeah. body on the line, and then you got feisty guys like Austin Reeves. Like just throw these pieces at him and wear him down, mm-hmm. but hold Desmond Bain down, Jaron Jackson Jr., all these other dudes, and you could get you give yourself a good enough opportunity to just close some of these games out and. And walk away with the win. Yeah. Um, and I and I have them right now at winning winning in six. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they close this out in LA. Yep. Um, and just just a quick tidbit on Anthony Davis, just like this last month, talking about Jamal Murray having a, a big month of March. Uh, Anthony Davis is averaging 27 points, uh, almost 13 rebounds Oof. in the month of March. That's like not that far off from what some of these, the Giannis and Yo- Embiid and Jokic club is, club is like. Yeah. So we've always known Anthony Davis had that talent. So just got to stick, stay healthy mm-hmm. and he's doing it right now. So Lakers are one of those teams where I think the 82 games struggles to be a reflective sample of who they really are. Mm-hmm. At least I want to wishfully think well, that. Well, I mean, it's a totally different team than before the trade deadline versus mm-hmm. after. And the team after the trade right. deadline had the second best record in the league. So you have right. to take that into account. So that's what makes them not really an underdog in this series. And Memphis, yeah. man, I, I hate to say it, but they have their Achilles heel on Dylan Brooks. And my God, the, mm. if the Lakers just give him 10 feet of space, anytime he, he gets the ball, he's going to chuck it up. He's going to brick it and you're good to go. So, yeah, just let yeah. Dylan Brooks take as many shots as he wants, takes away shots from Bain and Jaw and Jaron Jackson. He, he's going to lose the game for Memphis in and of himself because he thinks he's so good. Yep. Yep. I, I don't know what you're going to do there with Dylan Brooks. I guess they, they're probably going to put him on, on LeBron and try to hound him. But yeah, that's I think fine LeBron's on the defensive try, end, gonna, But Dylan Brooks will give it yeah. all back on the offensive side. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like LeBron will probably just welcome that, welcome that matchup, and uh, and leave, leave him try to yeah. keep him on the floor there to just like to to negate his impact <laughs> on the defensive end. Yeah, and uh, I'm also excited to see if LeBron's gonna go matchup hunting <laughs> on him. Yo, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you gotta wear him down on that side <laughs> yeah. as much as you can. Yeah, put your big body on him, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited to see a jaw one on one closing minutes with lebron <laughs> and see and see what that looks uh-huh. like i mean you never know i mean he's also got he could also go hunting for xavier xavier tillman yeah. or um any of these or other Desmond I mean, Bain Memphis is, is just, smaller than him too yeah like there's plenty of matchups yeah. that you could yeah, you could play with if you're the lakers because you have the size yeah exactly um on the other side for memphis to win to win this series against the lakers i think they just got to run run the ball yeah, I mean they they're, have, they're they not, have the younger not, legs. Yep, just run this older Laker team. 
try to not let Anthony Davis establish himself on the defensive end and uh and just and just let the Lakers shoot the ball. I think mm-hmm. it's like there isn't really like a, a secret formula here for to to defend the Lakers. I think more so it's on it's gonna be on the Lakers to try to figure out the crack the puzzle on the Memphis Grizzlies size. But I got them in six. I think most people are favoring the Lakers here. Uh so somehow in the West, some of these top seeds are coming in as underdogs against these in their first round. Yeah, well, I mean, especially with the Lakers, just because they're a fan favorite. I think they actually have the fourth best title odds, according to Vegas, of the whole <laughs> NBA. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, but that's that's the that's the way it is with Vegas. The Vegas, the power of volume of scale mm-hmm. when you got so many bats going a certain way, and this next series is uh. One of the ones that I think is also playing to the game of scale and volume. Yeah, in that this will be fun. There are so many Warrior fans <laughs> and there are so little Kings fans. <laughs> Vegas right now has this series favoring the Warriors at five and a half games. Wow. Which is stunning to me. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings are not your little cousin Sacramento Kings. This isn't... This isn't a... The young millennial <laughs> Sacramento Kings. This is the Gen Z Sacramento Kings. They got Sabonis. They got Fox. They got the number one offense. They got a top five three-point shooting offense. They're not that bad defensively, but they also have the best road record of all Western Conference teams. So you want to talk about there not being any Kings fans? No, Western Conference teams have had a rough time winning in Sacramento. And it's not the altitude that's <laughs> impacting them. <laughs> This is this is this is King culture. They th- I'm I'm I love this team and I'm so stunned at like how quick without hesitation most of the NBA crowd is favoring the Warriors right now. I mean, what, I don't know. Sean. Like, how does that confuse you, though? Like, you know what the narrative is there. It's yeah. I know I it's Steph Curry. It's I, Clay just, Thompson. It's Draymond Green. Yep. Yeah, five, five and a half games, though, is pretty Crazy. I don't know what I'm really curious to hear your reaction to that. I mean, I I think that is definitely insulting the Kings a bit. I'm Mm going to take the Warriors in six still given that given that spread and everything. I I, I think Warriors in six makes a lot of sense. That being said, that means that the Warriors have to break their road record streak of just sucking on the road and win one in Sacramento. But Warriors fans travel very easily to Sacramento and I can yeah. I can picture a lot of Warriors fans showing up for their team especially for a playoff game and that I think that's going to make the difference in and of itself yeah. and I don't think the Kings and have I, a shot at beating them at the Chase Center. I I just can't see it happening. I don't think either and that's why I have the Kings winning in 7. I think this is going to be a clean splitting wow. of the home team wins, road team wins. Maybe the Kings can win one at at Chase if, so. if they no happen way, to give dude. one up. No way. <laughs> it's going to be a tough one, but you're, you're going to have to hear me out on this one. But yes, I think one of the things is about this one is like, I think I mentioned it earlier, is like the game one ticket sales right now are record breaking in terms of the most expensive uh, prices that a game one in round one has ever had. Like, and I'm not sure if that means like the the you know the tech bros of San Francisco <laughs> are pushing these prices, or it's like I don't know the big time farmer farm owners of Sacramento pushing these ticket prices, or maybe it's the bidding between these two 
these two big, big, big industries bidding against each other to push these prices. Yeah. But it's insane. People know that this is to me. This is the the, mo- the most most watch must watch series in the first oh, yeah. round. Easily. It's, it's going to be so fun to watch. Like even though I think the Warriors are going to handily beat them. I still want to see the series because it's going to be very interesting to watch this matchup happen. I mean, this is Jaron yeah. Fox's first playoffs. We have to keep that yep. in mind. So when, I, when I'm saying mm-hmm. Warriors and six, it's like Jaron Fox has no playoff experience yet, man. Uh, I don't see how you can believe in him yet when he hasn't shown that he can get to that next level. Like the Warriors have already shown a bunch of times. <laughs> Yeah, and I hear that, but it's like, how do you quantify experience? Four and then it's also like, that's, that's a quantity. Yeah, but then it's also like, how how consequential is experience in the first round? Like, I don't like. It's I don't a know. lot. For I think De'Aaron Fox. This is the most important basketball he's ever played. It is. I'll I'll give you that. And also, Sabonis has playoff experience, but he has playoff he has experience sitting on the bench watching. <laughs> Yeah, and watching Russell Westbrook go out there and cook guys <laughs> in the playoffs and Paul George. Like, that's where Sabonis' yeah. playoff experience is from. Kevin Herter also, I mean, I guess he went a few games uh, with Atlanta in the playoffs. But, yeah, but, I mean, you got to give credit where credit to. You got Mike Brown, coach of the year. Yeah. Here. Dude's won championships. Dude's been there with different teams. You know, he's faced the, he's faced the ironclad of Laker fans, um, LeBron fans, uh, Warriors uh, so the dude's been there, and I think he's been the best coach in the NBA by far, considering what he had to turn around. Yeah. A culture, um, you know, new pieces, uh, a, f- a fan base that lost one of their 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 favorite up-and-coming players in Tyrese Halliburton, and, and instead they get some bonus, and he's figured out how to make some bonus. Such a key piece to the, to the Kings. So, I mean, I think obviously the default here is that the Warriors are the favorite. Sean, you're favoring them. Vegas is favoring them. <laughs> The, the whole, the so you whole just, you just international want to root for the NBA. team that no one else is rooting for is what I'm seeing from this. I, I just, I mean, I just think that I like what I see from the Kings, but I will admit that like when I was digging into the numbers and trying to figure out like what are the advantages, it was tough. <laughs> it's tough because both these teams are so freaking identical. Like we're not talking about the, you know, like, um, like when the Warriors played all those series against the Cavs, where there were stark differences between the two roster constructions, whereas this one, they're almost the same. They both have the same Achilles heel. They're both weak on the defensive end. They both love to get out on the break, shoot the ball. Uh, there's there's a key difference, though, here, I think, and these are the kinks in the armor for the Warriors. They're not big ones, which that's why I still think this series goes to seven games, and it's going to be some nail-biters here. But I think it's a big one to call out, and I don't think it's surprising for any Warriors fans, but the Warriors are are dead last in turnovers uh, per game. Their, their, their system is complex. They throw passes, and it's even more so than ever with less vets that they have on that team outside of the core Draymond, um, Clay, and, and Curry core. Jordan Poole loves to go ISO, but when he's when he's playing within the system, when all these other guys are playing within the system, they just turn the ball over. <laughs> and they're dead last in turnovers per game. The the Kings love to get out on the break of turnovers. They're top 10 in points off turnovers. The Kings win the glass. They're top 10 in defensive rebounds, top six in limiting second chance opportunities, top seven in the fast break. Like this is a team that if you make mistakes against them, on, if you're the Warriors, you are going to see this Kings team just hit the track and go blazing looking for the, looking for the open three or Darren Fox driving in. 
Um, and the other, the other Achilles heel here, not Achilles heel, but a kink, more of a kink in the armor is the Warriors road record. I know it's playoffs, <laughs> but when you go 11 for 30, third to last, and really there was a few road games there that the Warriors kind of got handed to them because teams like the Kings were resting their starters. Um, there was another team that they played also rested the all their starters, the Blazers, like this record could have easily gone under 10 wins. <laughs> it could <laughs> and have. We're talking like now we're talking like Rockets, Pistons territory. Oh, yeah. They I uh, still consider in them in of, that territory, even if they won those last two. Yeah, in terms of uh road wins and and why why is that like the only the the, ex, the biggest explanation is Warriors stink on defense on the road. <laughs> uh they gave up a ton of fouls, they gave up a ton of free throws. And then the other key piece is they have a slight harder chance knocking down their threes. It's a few percentage points that their three-point percentage goes down on the road. But when you consider that the Rock, the the, the Warriors are the number one three-point shooting team, they throw a lot of them up there. And 48% of their points usually are composed from three-pointers. A few percentage points is actually quite a bit in terms of their fi- the final score they throw on the board. Um, so... Live or die by the three more more than ever. This that's that speaks true for this Warriors team. So when the Kings got have home court advantage, a, a Kings team that's younger, quicker, and faster, and a Warriors team that loves to cough the ball up. I think there's going to be certain situations here where the Kings are going to find themselves able to steal some wins, maybe one in chase. But I think at home they chase. might be able to seal <laughs> the deal. They may be able to seal the deal here and win it in seven Mm-mm. and have themselves the toughest first round matchup they probably <laughs> have ever had. Now, that was a lot of stats you rattled off there, Alan. Those are my keys. <laughs> the summary points off turnovers, uh, the turnovers being coughed up by the Warriors, poor road, re- road record, inability to knock down threes consistently, and just the sheer makeup of points that the Warriors rely to be made up by threes is, is pretty significant. And I think the Kings can... Uh, have some kinks there where they can um, maybe maneuver their way and and be able to poke a hole right through the armor and get to some skin. I'll give you one stat to end to to conclude my (laughs) argument against that 55 first quarter points. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? That's how many points the Warriors scored in their last regular season game in the first quarter. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's not it. May it may record breaking first quarter point total. Yep, they this, are this ready. Team loves to score. They are ready. They might not always have been on during the season, but they're ready now. And it's playoff time. They yeah. know how to turn it on. I'm a, I'm as excited as anybody, but I really do see that the 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 hype behind the Warriors. And the pathway that people think they're going to have within this series is not going to be as easy as people think. I think this Kings team is tough. They got size. And I think they have a few hungry pieces that, that they can easily bring off the bench as well. They're deep. Davion Mitchell, I think, is better than people give him credit for. Malik Monk is pretty good. It's Obviously, pretty Sabonis, good. you got that big man. <laughs> you got the big man in the middle and Sabonis. Kevin Looney, I like what Kevin Looney brings night in and night out. Dude's had himself a hell of an NBA journey, but... He's not skilled. He's not quick enough on his feet to 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 take to take down some of these younger guards. Um, I like what the key what the Kings are bringing. I think there's a difference in motivation. 
I think that the Kings are very proud of themselves for the season they had. Yeah. And while that doesn't mean they won't be motivated in the playoffs, I think the Warriors are playing for a lot more right now. So when push comes to shove in the closing minutes of the game, I think one team's going to be a lot more urgent and a lot more desperate than the other. I, I think I've se- I think I've seen a pretty desperate Kings game pull out a big one against that those Clippers a few a few months ago if I remember that that was pushing to the point of I exhaustion mean, right there and the Kings came through <laughs> regular season man it's regular season that's thanks true. for making me relive that that was probably one of the worst <laughs> games I ever watched in my life <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, I'm I'm still I'm excited here. Um, Wiggins is exciting. of course a big X factor for for the Warriors. He's going to play game one anywhere between twenty to twenty five minutes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's gonna be tough to integrate though, you know, because I, yep. I, I obviously they know how to play with him. They played with him all last year, but uh, is he basketball ready or is he kind of dead weight out there? That's it's gonna be the interesting thing. Yeah, and this again, this is a Kings game. This is a Kings team that has does not play at a forgiving pace. Like they play quick. Yep. And knowing Wiggins out there, whew, oh, they'll make go that at guy him for go sure. For yeah. Like obviously he's known <laughs> yeah. to be a good defender, but yeah, you'll you'll test him early for sure. Yeah. So I got Kings in seven, Warriors in six. You know, if if it happens, if we if. If betting wasn't illegal in California, I think this I would have I would have placed a bet. Here. You can go to but Vegas, take a take a quick flight yeah. to Vegas real quick, put that put that money line yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna do that. Take the flight to Vegas. I don't know if I want to do the whole VPN thing either. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just observe. There you go. Yeah, we'll have fun observing though. We we, we can put we can put yeah. our own personal bet on that. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I'll take right. it. I'll take it. I'm I'm going King Seven. Right. King Seven. King. I mean, we could just call it Kings or Warriors, whatever you want. I mean, you want. you're taking the Kings, so yeah, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. I, I'm down. All right. It's settled. Yeah. This this next one is interesting. I think I have this one ranked as my third must-watch mm-hmm. is Suns Clippers. Yeah. This one is... This one, when you're talking about, like, this is the polar opposite of the Heat um, and the Chicago Bulls, where you look at the 82 games, team stats, whatever means nothing <laughs> because the Suns are a completely brand yep. new team with adding Kevin Durant and you had Kevin Durant out for a string of games. It's it's tough to really know where this team ranks and they had a hell of a run there to close the season but I would say that was kind of a mid to soft schedule that they played. A lot of teams were really folding in, a lot of injuries that they came across. So it's hard for me to really take anything away other than that, you know, this team is dangerous though because you still have kevin durant how dangerous it's that's the one that's hard to answer clippers on the other end too is they lose paul george and they've had Kawhi and pg out of the lineups and then they added russell westbrook to it um who has actually been playing you pretty know decent not not <laughs> yeah pretty decent 20 anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes a night and he's just another interesting chess piece for the clippers to to throw out there so this one has been tough for me to really wrap my head around and feel confident for any any pick, but my gut keeps telling me the Clippers here. I, I like what the Clippers have. I like their <laughs> pieces off the bench. I like what Tyron Lue can do. I mean, and Kawhi Leonard is just such a monster when it comes to the playoffs. I, As good as Kevin Durant is, I still think that Kawhi is going to be the best player out on that court. Mm. Um, and, the, and the Suns are just not defensively 
who they were uh, a few months ago before they traded for Kevin Durant. And I think Chris Paul is just going to be such a weak point here mm-hmm. on the defensive end. And the, the Clippers with Westbrook, uh, with some of Terrence Mann, uh, and with Kawhi. And I like this. I also like the size that the, the Clippers have there too. So I don't know, man. I, I, I think that, I think that'll ultimately favor the Clippers here and, they, and they're going to be able to sneak some wins here against the Suns team. I love all the words you're saying. It, it makes me feel good. <laughs> you know, I, I want to say, I agree on like, yes, the Clippers have a good shot here. My mind, my mind and my heart are just not, they're not agreeing at all right now. My mind is telling me, wow, Sean, you idiot. The Clippers are just going to get completely devastated in this series. Like, don't even give yourself that hope. Wow. I don't know about devastated. Devastated. I think this is going to go to six games. I don't. I think my heart. Yeah. My heart wants to believe you, man. And I I want to believe that the Clippers could win this in six games somehow. And I want to say things like, oh, you know, we have bodies to put on Kevin Durant. We have Nick Batum. We have Robert Covington. We have Kawhi Leonard. Like, we have guys that can stop them there. Like, Terrence Mann's a gritty defender. Maybe he can stop Devin Booker. I just think the firepower's too much. I And I, I can't underestimate it. I mean, Devin Booker is a special player, and we keep forgetting that. Mm-hmm. It, it, he's shown us time and time again that he can be that guy. I mean, they've made the finals run. They've been two games from an NBA title with Devin Booker as the best player on the team. And now you add Kevin Durant to that and Suns and five is what I keep coming back to. Wow. You're giving the Clippers. No I just, real I shot can't at this. man. I mean, I, I do love Ty Lue and I think he is very good at making adjustments on the fly, but mm-hmm. I just don't think we have the personnel to keep up with this firepower. I really don't like Norm Powell has been playing well. We've been getting, you know, the best version of Kawhi we can ask for. I mean, over over the last stretch of the season here, just in April, he's averaging 37 minutes a game, 29 points, nine and a half rebounds, and 42% shooting, three-point shooting, mm-hmm. that is. That's the best version of Kawhi you can ask for, and that's fantastic. Yeah. But without Paul George, I can't give us a single chance. We need that extra wow. star. We need him. And... Mm-hmm. He's ruled out for the start of this matchup. I don't know how many games he's going to miss. If he comes back in like game two, I will give us an outside chance to win this in seven. But if he's not coming back until like game four, we're already done at that point. Like Paul George can only miss one game. If he misses more than that, we're done. Yep. Like we're, we're yeah. But I, I just don't yeah, know what his I status mean, is. I mean, it looked like his injury was super bad. Like, I think under any other circumstances, he would just be out for season, no questions asked. So I just I just don't mm. think he's going to come back. Yeah. So right now, the best odds are that the Suns win this at, at 4-1. So uh, five-game yep. series. So I am definitely going against the... the Going against yeah, you, the, you're with uh, the, the Kings and here. the Clippers, man. You're a bold I'm man. I'm with the Kings and the Clippers. <laughs> I I want I want competitive. Hey, competitive I I want what series. you want, man. I want this. I just yeah. cannot see the path. You know, it's just the same story for the Clippers every year. We're just not fully healthy yeah. ever. 
I think the Clippers are going to be able to figure something out here against this Suns. I don't think this Suns team is as great defensively as as uh, their defensive oh, they're not, rating. Oh, they're not great defensively, but they have the offensive uh, yeah. firepower, man. I mean, between Booker they and do Durant, have that offensive. Yeah, they don't. They don't need that much more. Hmm. I I th- I think the I think the, the the Clippers can figure out how to throw bodies out there. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook is going to be an interesting piece as well in this series. He can just play his game, and Kawhi can be the best player out there on this team. I think they can surprise and sneak some wins, and I I'm pretty excited though to see this happen. Yeah, I think I think yeah, Kevin Durant is, versus Russell Westbrook. Yeah, like how can you yeah. yeah how can you not root for Kevin Durant versus Russell Westbrook? That's just a fun thing to watch. Yeah, and the note you have here is don't let Marcus Morris get in. Please, please. I don't even know if he's healthy or what. I don't care. I don't care. I just just leave him at home. Like, don't even bring him to the mm-hmm. arena. Don't even tempt yourself, Tyron Lue, because I know you love this guy for some reason. I, his family has blackmail on you, and you cannot resist playing him 30 minutes a game. Don't do it, please, for the love of God. If you want any chance in this <laughs> series, don't let him look at the floor. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we spent so much time talking about Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Kings, Warriors, because <laughs> these next few series, I mean, hot, it's just going to be... The Eastern Conference is just so top-heavy. Oh my gosh, and I still yeah. think the champion will probably come out of here. Um, but Bucks versus Heat or Bulls, I don't think it matters. <laughs> uh, I think you noted that here too. Is it's a sweep. Um, I don't think for either of these, the Bucks just look so good. Even you take out Giannis from the lineup, they still yeah. win. You take out Drew Holiday, they still win. They got Brooke Lopez, who'll probably finish second in defensive player of the for defensive player of the year. You got Giannis, who could easily finish top five in MVP and defensive player of the yeah. year. Drew Holiday's having a career year. Chris Middleton has just not even had to be there most <laughs> I know, of the year. It's crazy. And he's just like <laughs> They're still just getting better. Um, they got their, you know, their core yeah. of Grayson Allen and other white guys that are just always, <laughs> they're always balling. Yeah, they got Grayson <laughs> Allen. Uh, they got Pat Connaughton still. Is he on the team still? Yeah. And uh, Joe Ingles. I think so. Joe Ingles, there he is. That's the other guy. And Brooke Lopez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brooke Lopez and Jay Crowder, who just like the no surprise pick of the year, pickup that they made. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, this team's top five in defensive rating. They're 12th in offensive rating for the year. But even like 12th, I feel like it's not a great reflection just because they've had so many people in and out of the lineups. Yeah. Like, I, I think this is a clear favorite in terms of checking the boxes where they're elite in both categories and almost every category across the board. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, I guess no surprise here. They're probably my favorite pick to to win the whole thing this year because they just check so many boxes and their core has been together for so long yeah no first round matchup here is even gonna land a mosquito <laughs> bite for the, on the bucks yeah this one's gonna be over super quick um same one with this next one celtics hawks um i awesome for the hawks to get that seven seed but it ain't gonna be any easier for them than it would have been with the bucks 4-0 sweep is what i'm predicting here do you think do you think the hawks can pull out a game or what do you think? Um, unless unless Jalen Brown misses sleeps in, misses his alarm, and doesn't make the bus or misses the flight yeah. down to Atlanta for game three or game four, then maybe the Hawks win one game. But there you go. Other than that, no. I mean, 
this the Boston Celtics, you know, contrast to the Bucks who have rested guys in and out. So I feel like their their team ratings don't really reflect who they really are. Boston has had everybody, mm-hmm. and they are second in offensive rating, third in defensive rating, wow. checking the box again, elite in both categories across the board. There, it's hard to really find an Achilles heel for this team. Maybe they just don't attempt as many free throws as some of the other <laughs> elite teams. They just don't get to the line as much. I don't know. That's it. Yeah, there's there's nothing there. The Hawks can re- can really do. Um, yeah, it, yeah, the Celtics have the size, got the wings. Obviously, benches there. They're just ready to go to the next round and take on the 76ers. Yep. Did you see this story about how Jalen Brown like had to get stitches because he like got a a gash on his hand from picking up a broken vase while he was gardening. <laughs> wow. That's the only thing the Hawks can hope for <laughs> is that Jalen Brown tears his Achilles sweeping the floor yeah, like, yeah. like like John, John Wall. Wall. Yeah. <laughs> Wall. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it will he'll be fine. But yeah, it's just like, yeah. what the hell, man? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be cool for the Hawks to be back in the playoffs, yeah. but you know what I mean, to be in the playoffs again, but yeah, there, there's no shot. No. The only shot is like the how Boston comes out slow against them in, in game three, back at home, and Trey Young just shoots out of his mind and somehow finds themselves up 25 in the in the second quarter. Then maybe mm-hmm. Boston calls it in and gives <laughs> himself a night of rest. Yeah, don't <laughs> see that happening, though. I don't either. Um, Sixers versus Nets. I'm assuming, Sean, you also have Celtics-Hawks as a sweep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. All right, Sixers versus Nets. Um, hey, then we when the trade went down, we were like, oh, can the Nets hold their position as a fifth or sixth seed? And they, they did. did it. So congrats to them. <laughs> yeah. They had enough wins baked in to hold on to it. So to me, that is the biggest victory for them this year. <laughs> yeah. I also think this is going to be a sweep. The 76ers are, are just good. They've been waiting for this moment. They've been hibernating. Uh, Joel and B, they probably got the they got the MVP on their team. James Harden looks really good, and uh, there's no shot the Nets have here. Mikel Bridges, uh, it'll be his first time on the national stage as the number one option, so big games for his career, personally for him, but outside of that, I think it's going to be rough for them to figure out how to win win a game against the 76ers. Yeah, I, I think it a more, a more interesting um, thing than is this going to be a sweep or not, as I think as it's just it's like there's no way the Nets win a game. How many quarters mm-hmm. of basketball does Embiid average in this in this oh. series? I'm gonna say three. Oh. <laughs> I think he oh. averages three oh. three quarters of basketball every game. Oh. Man, I think that's that, a good I think question. they're just gonna absolutely devastate them every game. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna predict them to win the first game by like 25. <laughs> I haven't even looked at like what the Nets have been like down the stretch. Oh, yep. They had a stretch where they lost four, five, six. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like the net, this Nets team there. is not a playoff team. They're only a playoff team because they had a good record before the trade. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to calculate really quick what their what their last stretch here was. They won two, three, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, they basically won three out of their lot, three out of ten in, in a yeah. in a segment there <laughs> in the month of March. Like this is not a good it's team. Rough, rough house. Yeah, like no. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, Mikhail Bridges putting up good numbers, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Like they are a below 500 team going up against one of the hottest teams in the league with who is presumed to be the MVP who is just going nuts. And yeah, yeah. they have no shot. The Sixers are going to just yep. come out and try to just punch them in the teeth and then rest their starters in the fourth quarter. Yep. So last, so actually the last game of the year, they played the 76ers. I completely forgot about this. 76ers 134 to the Nets 105. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe 25 is too slow, too low. Maybe I should go 30. <laughs> yeah. Mikel Bridges didn't really play, but yeah. then on the other side, there was no James Harden, no Tobias yeah. Harris, no Joel Embiid. Yeah, Shake Milton just destroyed <laughs> Shake them 20 Milton. points. Mac McClug went for whoa, 20 points whoa, as Mac well. McClug. Eight for 17. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Here's another name for you, and I'll be stunned if you know who oh, this okay. guy is. Lewis King went for 20 points. Eight for 13 <laughs> I don't know who Lewis field. King is. I have no oh, idea who Lewis gosh. King is either. Yeah, yep. small forward, drafted in 2018. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, this... Why, let's stop talking about this. It, yeah. Foregone conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And then the finally, the last series, this is fourth on my list is, as must watch. And actually, this might be a pretty interesting one. Cavs I do. versus yeah. Knicks. I think so. Um, a four, another four and five. Uh, the Cavs have sort of steadily been holding that position. Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley against Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, the surprising New York Knicks who rose up to the fifth seed. I mean... This is going to be quite quite a back and forth. It's, <clears throat> I think it's going to be close, but I still have the Cavs pulling off. I think playoff Donovan Mitchell is going to be fun to watch in the Eastern Conference. I'm excited to see him go off, but I mean, the Cavs just have all that size. Knicks don't really have anything to respond with. They got Mitchell Robinson, but you know they had some weird locker room issues. Uh, Julius Randle against those two big boys, I think is going to cause him a lot of trouble. Yeah. And... On the Knicks side, RJ Barrett maybe having to take care of Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think it's gonna. He's really gonna be that great against him. I don't really think they have any other weapon that could potentially hold Donovan Mitchell down. So, dude is gonna cook him. So I see more advantages going to the Cavs, and I think they have the pieces to to hold down Brunson and hold down um, uh, Randall. So I just see the Cavs winning this probably in five. I got him in five. Mm, wow. I have the oh, Knicks so, winning so one you, game. So you think there's going to be a fourth must-watch, but you think it's going to be five-game series? Yeah, I think that the games will be exciting. Okay. I think they'll be close, but I think that it'll be the same story. I think Donovan mm. Mitchell puts the, puts them away in the fourth. See, that's the thing, though. It's like, yeah, I yeah, no, totally. Like, Donovan Mitchell, he becomes a different animal in the playoffs, and he's, he's amazing mm -hmm. to watch. But so does Jalen Brunson. If you remember last yeah. time, this, this is what got him that hundred million dollar contract last year. He came alive in that playoff series when Luca was hurt at the beginning of it against the jazz. And he carried that Mavs team to those two wins. And I think he got like 42 points in one of those games. And mm -hmm. I think Brunson can turn it on. Maybe not to the same degree as Mitchell, but 
there I think there will be games where Brunson looks better than Donovan Mitchell because we have seen him Ooh. be able to get to that next level. That'll be the matchup to watch. If Jalen Brunson can have one of those nights where he outplays Donovan Mitchell, then they got a chance. And I think that'll happen once. And that's why I do have them at five games. I think that could happen once. Happens multiple times. That's spelling trouble. But there is one note to note here, though, that there is a contrast of styles a bit. Uh, the Cavaliers with all the size, no surprise, they're a top five defensive rated team. Yeah. New York Knicks on the other end, they're 19, middle, slightly yeah. below middle of the pack, but they are third in offensive rating. Big piece is Jalen Brunson mm -hmm. there. Big piece is a lot of their quick, smaller guards and the versatility of Julius Randle. Um, but as far, as far as defense, like, like I said, slightly below middle of the pack. So there is a contrast here where a high powered offense means a high powered defense, but Cavaliers are not that bad on the offensive end. They're top. They're still top ten offensively, so I still think there's some chess pieces here for for the Cavaliers to leverage. Yeah, yeah. I think overall, I think Mobley and Allen are going to dictate a lot of this series. Mm -hmm. Um, that that defensive front court is just man, like that. That's what you want in a playoff team, right? You want that that defensive philosophy, that mentality, that ability. Yeah. So I, yeah, I will probably, yeah, I'll, I'll go Cavs also. I'll, I'll do it in six, though. I think the Knicks will get six. two. I think the Cavs can close it out in the garden. I think so. I, I, Donovan, I, I, that's that's a, an environment that Donovan Mitchell's made for. Like, he, he yep, thrives I in agree. the spotlight. So, I, yeah, I, so yeah. I think it goes. I, I think the Knicks might win one in Cleveland. I think the Cavs might win one or two in New York. Yeah. What a what a play what a playoff run. We got two LA teams, got the Bay Area represented, and we also have New York City yeah. in the playoffs yet again. Yeah. The big markets are showing up. We just uh, uh Chicago just needs to get a little better. <laughs> they're they're still maybe in it. <laughs> yeah, they're still maybe in yeah. it. You got Boston in here. Just need a team in Seattle, and then we'll have all the major metro representation here. Yeah. Would you count Dallas as a major metro? Oh, that's true. Woof. <laughs> we will be missing Dallas. I forgot about Dallas. Oh boy. Ooh. Oh boy. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a that's a big one oh right there. Oh my god. Okay, quick note on yeah. that. Is Kyrie a Mav next year? Ooh. My gut feeling says no. My gut feeling says just, yes. <clears throat> Interesting. You think so? I think Cuban's gonna give him the house, man. So that's the thing that that that's giving my gut feeling is not that Kyrie Irving will say no to being in Dallas. My gut feeling is that whether Cuban will give him the bag. Oh, I think he uh, will to keep him there. I think he totally the will. max deal. <laughs> Ooh, oh, it'll be a, it'll be five years. Oh, it'll be the worst decision the Mavericks ever made, but they'll do it. That might that might just be the nail in the coffin yes. to just like if it doesn't work out. Like year two of that deal is like, wow, Kyrie Irving is 34. He's six foot three. <laughs> can't, isn't quick and doesn't get the lift that he used to get. Mm -hmm. That'll be bad. That's like the type of deal that, yeah, makes you really have to live with whatever you can get for a few years before you can actually blow up your team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just had to ask about that. Another question yeah. for you, though, as we look to close out here. Who are you picking right now to win the championship? Yep. 
I think this is the time when you pay, when you really have to, you know, lock mm-hmm. it in. Yeah, right now. And uh, um, I think I think at the beginning of the year, I think when we were talking, like who were the favorites? I, I can't just thinking back to that. It was like I had the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, I had the Bucks, Boston. 76ers, Boston. And <laughs> I'm and I was like, OK, if like I think more than likely not, it's going to come out of the East. And if there's a surprise person, it's going to be the Clippers. Clippers are probably not gonna, no. likely not going to be that. Yeah. Uh, but my other side is still holds true is that I think it's going to come out of the East and it's going to come out of one of the big three. And I'm going to, my final lock in will be the bucks. Mm. Bucks are too good. Giannis is too good. <laughs> top five, top three player in the world. Drew holiday's career year. Brooke Lopez somehow is going to end up being top two defensive player of the year. Yeah. Good bench. Uh, yeah, and Chris Middleton's coming back, and I like the, I like the bench that they have. It's just it's just too good of a team. They check all the boxes. I think they're still better than Boston. I think they're still better than the 76ers. Although I really do cross my fingers to see a Joel Embiid versus Giannis Eastern Conference final. Uh, I like, think I we think, might get that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the NBA needs that. Yeah. I think if they go up against Boston, it'll be such a It'll still be a really good series, but it'll definitely be a series for the hardcore basketball fan because mm-hmm. I think it'll be a very like fundamental, strategic <laughs> game. Yeah. Versus the 76ers, it'll definitely be the two big boys yeah, just and punching it out. Uh, and yeah, exactly. So, but I'm gonna lock in. I'm gonna Bucks. lock in the Bucks. Okay. And I think once they get to the finals, whether it's Denver that they see there, um, I don't know, the Suns or one of the Cali teams makes a run i'm not sure who but one of them makes a run i i think the bucks will be either either of those teams so i got the bucks all righty and that comes down to me then yeah who you got sean so i did declare at the trade deadline that once kevin durant went to the suns i did declare they were that was a that was a title right there wow i did and so you know we've we've seen him in very limited action there so it's been a few months mm-hmm. and yeah there's just there's a lot of factors with the suns you're not sure of still and i can't believe we're still talking about the Suns. and <laughs> and your bucks argument was very compelling and <laughs> I, yeah when when i think about the bucks i just there's no weak points like you're saying like they have no, no weaknesses and that's that's yeah. everything you can ask for in in an NBA title team, but yeah, I I'm gonna hold to my guns and I'm gonna say the Phoenix Suns are winning the title. Wow! <laughs> so not only do you have them beating your Clipper team, oh, I told you I was that. But you have them going <laughs> all the way. I, I already told you I thought they were gonna beat the Clippers, so I gotta. <laughs> oh my! I'm stunned by this well, pick. So, I really am. So you think about it this way too, though. The Suns actually have an mm-hmm. easier path to the title than the, the Bucks or any of the other East teams do because the East teams yep. actually have to go against each other at least in the like the Bucks have to go against either mm-hmm. the Celtics or the Sixers. What the Suns is looking like is a Clippers team without Paul George. And then you're looking at either like a Nuggets team, which that would be a pretty tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to be the Wolves or OKC. So yeah, so you're going against the Nuggets in the next round after that. Yeah. And then... You're probably looking at either the Lakers or the Grizzlies at that point. Mm-hmm. Most most realistically, we'll say. 
Yep. I feel like that path to the title is a lot easier than it would be for the Bucks to get past the Celtics or the Sixers. Obviously, they have the easiest time in the first round, the Bucks mm-hmm. do. Uh, but yeah, I think that Suns get there and Kevin Durant gets to that NBA finals. I don't think that they're going to lose again. And I think he's going to make sure his foot is on the right side of that three point line this time around going against Giannis. And it's going to be a different story. Yeah. Wow. How are we on such contrasting ends of the spectrum on this, <laughs> on this Suns team? I just, I know they're good and I know Kevin Durant is a juggernaut, but I just feel like I, some of these wins that they've had the last month is they're like really, obviously they've like gone on this big streak, but some of these games have just been against Timberwolves, Jazz, Kings, well, that's the thing. The it's like they've won all okay. the games. Some of these- they've won all the games. Yeah. It's like, what do you, what more can you really do? You know, that's not like their fault that they didn't go up against better teams. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just the way the coin has fallen for them. But that's the thing. It's like, I, I feel so hesitant to put, because like their biggest win, I would say, is probably just this win against 76ers. Um, and the 76ers were the road team, 105, 125. You, you, yeah, you had Joel Embiid. There was no James Harden there. Um, and then the Suns on the other end, they had the whole they had the whole armada. Well, actually, they had no Durant, and they still won. Yeah. So that's probably their biggest biggest win they've had in the last last few weeks, like five weeks. Um, and other than that, they've been win. They've won basically almost everything except these last two ga- last two games where they rested people. Yeah. So, man. Yep, that's that's a hell I, I don't of a that's want a hell of a swing. them, but that that uh, that's what my basketball mind is telling me. I hope it's wrong. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the the path argument is pretty pretty compelling. Like if you can get over that big hump that would be the Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the conference finals is like I mean, I feel like you could make an argument for all either four of these teams, the Kings, Warriors, Lakers or Grizzlies. But I mean, say you play the seedings, it's like either the Kings or or Memphis. Like I think, yeah. I mean, I think I think it could be close. Yeah, I think the Suns can. It's going right. to be close and against you're, anybody. You're just going up against a lot more inexperience, unless the Warriors make it. And at that point, I feel like the Suns still have the advantage. Yeah, but yeah, I yep. I, I don't know. I don't want it. I don't want it. But that's my pick. Yeah, I mean, if there's a year you're going to take a <laughs> swinger pick, this might as well be the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Suns. Wow, if they make it, man, Ugh. that's gonna be quite. I don't the... want to be right. I don't want to be. Yeah. I guess this is me kind of right, hedging well... my bets. Like, oh, like <laughs> if the Clippers lose, at least I picked the <laughs> the team that made it to the finals, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Ugh. that's true. But I mean, if the Clippers do upset the, I'll be so Suns stoked. Here. I'll be like, yeah, I suck it. I don't know anything about basketball. This is great, you know. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to remember this pick. Yeah, you better. The, the, other, <laughs> the other thing I was thinking while you were saying this is that you, a few years ago, you were doubting so hard the how much of an impact, positive impact, the acquisition of Chris Paul was going to have on this I was, team. yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, he was old, and he proved me wrong that year. I mean, he hasn't... I, I'm not picking, making this pick because of Chris Paul, though. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care about he's Chris still Paul. Old. He's still old, but he doesn't need to do that much. He's like the... <laughs> third option on the team yeah, yeah fourth if yeah, deandre is having a good game yeah 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, now I'm really excited to, <laughs> to see this full off and see and see how all these like how all these picks and I, I'm just surprised. I thought I was making the most controversial picks of the night by by voting Clippers and and Kings to win their series, but you you decided to outdo me with the Suns pick. I still think your Kings over Warriors pick is a hotter take than my Suns pick for the title. Wow. <laughs> we, we we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> All right. Well. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And there's our first round playoff preview. Playoffs. And we'll keep in touch with how each round goes and see if the Bucks or, man, the Flyer pick, the Suns, end up winning the NBA title. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone.